0: I'm Nels Anderson, and I'm Jesse Turner,
1: and I'm Timmy Wong,
0: and welcome to Terminal 7. Hello! We are hey back We're, back again, We're back. We're back again. We're back again. Episode 41. 41. Probably.
2: Yeah. Probably. I, 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 I'm I, pretty sure it's definitely episode 41.
0: Yeah. Um, We are here. In a very special two part episode, well not two part, this episode is going to have two halves.
2: Yes. This is the
0: first half, it's two interviews, two conversations, two chats, two cool hangouts with two Netrunner players who both did very well at Worlds this year. Today we are joined by Mr. Timmy Wong. How's it going Timmy?
1: Not bad, how are you guys doing?
0: Very good. Oh very good. Um, People may remember this for two years in a row, you've placed in the top three at Worlds. Yeah.
2: Hmm. What's that
0: like? Uh, <laughs> Last
2: year,
0: uh, uh, I mean, we're, not, we're not trying to puff no, you no, up. Man. We're not blowing smoke here. But but people may be familiar. In 2014, you were that crazy guy who came in third with a blue sun deck. Remarkable. That's... And then this year, second place with uh, with a very interesting twist on NEH. And I'd so, and, argue
2: and, and, and Wizard as well.
0: A pretty, and, yes, and Wizard. Pretty cool touch on Wizard for sure.
1: Why, thank you. Uh yeah, no one was more surprised than me. I would say.
0: <laughs> so we'll get we'll get into the actual like thick meat of sure. worlds, but first, uh, Timmy, is this like so netrunner? I I surmise it's a game that you enjoy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just get paid like millions of dollars to do this.
0: <laughs> uh, I I would wonder who would supply that money. Right. Um, it's not fantasy flight. It's not prize winnings. Uh, so, congratulations to your patron—probably a wealthy Saudi prince. Um, so, did, but the, is this like the first card game like this that you've really been into, or were you kind of like someone who's probably into Magic or something else like that, and then you just moved over to Netrunner for reasons?
1: Um, I was into Magic a little bit. Uh, I, but I never really played it as much as most like Magic players did because right. I would just like go to pre-releases and like draft with my friends, and I was never interested in like paying hundreds of dollars to build like a deck and then playing people with it. Uh,
0: Very fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so what? So what was it that like? How did you get into Netrunner? Going from there, then, because it sounds like a pretty like casual drafty play with my friends thing with Magic. Like, how how did that crossover to Netrunner occur?
1: Uh, well, I do play a lot of board games. Uh, and okay. I went to Gen Con, I think in 2012, and that was, you know, super fun. You should go to Gen Con once if you haven't. Uh, and that year, a uh, Netrunner was coming out, and it looked super cool, and I got some random guy who bought it to play it with me in the board game room. And, uh,
2: oh, wow.
0: Yeah.
1: That's so cool. Oh, man. <laughs> Good. So you actually, like, treed through the uh, instruction manual. Oh, uh, well, no. The other guy explained it to me. He already knew how to oh, play the game. Thank God. Oh, he thank was going God. to play oh, in okay. the first Icebreaker tournament. Uh, yeah. The first
2: ever?
0: Yes. First
1: ever,
2: yeah. The inaugurals.
1: <laughs> so he played his corp deck against, like, the starting Shaper deck, and uh, I think I won my first game. That was cool. Uh, oh, man. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, that was the start <laughs> right there. That's, that, that was the
2: that, that, that was the taste of blood, right? That was the, yeah. first blood. Yeah, uh,
1: but the game was totally sold out because it was like super hyped. Uh, right. So I didn't end up getting it until a few months later when uh, a friend and I were you know at a game store and we're like, hey, it's this game. This game was cool. Should we get it? Yeah. Okay. Let's get it. Uh, yeah. So we I bought the friend I bought the corset with one of my friends. We started playing. It's it's a really good game. It plays really well out of one box, which is pretty rare, I think. Uh, and we pretty much just uh, never stopped playing.
0: Yeah. Man. Oh, that's cool. Well, from humble beginnings. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so early on, like you, you said you kind of got it, and there was like, a buddy of yours. Were you doing the thing where it's like, okay, well, I'll take the runner cards for a while, you take the corp cards for a while, and then we'll kind of like go back and forth? Or was it basically like you played a, game, a few games, and you're like, oh no okay i need i need more
1: (laughs) uh we were pretty egalitarian about splitting the cards uh nice there was another like another one or two people who were also playing with us a bit and one of them was like i just want to play corp until i master corp but he never won a game and he wouldn't (laughs) he wouldn't switch to runner and we were telling him like if you don't play the runner you have no understanding of, like, how to beat the runner, but... Right, uh, that's
2: right. N- know your yeah. enemy, right?
1: He wouldn't listen to us, so he never really played. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but we were pretty reluctant about getting deeper into the game at first, actually, because, you know, it's, like, magic all over again, right? Like,
2: right. Yeah, it's another, yeah, yeah,
1: fewer dollars, but still a lot of dollars. Uh, yeah. But we were like, okay, we'll, we'll try it. We'll try buying, like, the first expansion set, and, oh my god, so many cool cards, and then we never stopped. Wow. <laughs> um
0: so you, you're you live in Southern California right
1: that is correct yeah around like la ish uh yes I do now yeah, actually live in the city of city of la unlike most people oh, from I, LA I, oh.
0: Oh, ho, ho, ho. I, I
2: didn't know that existed.
1: I, I thought it was just a legend.
0: <laughs> but I guess people can live there. It was a myth. It was a myth. Cool, cool. Um, so is there like a game store that you usually go to? Is that like how you normally play? Or is it more just like a, there's like a group of friends that you usually play with and you only hit up the game stores for tournaments?
1: Uh, we usually meet up at game stores. Uh, the, nice. the one I go to the most is Game Empire in Pasadena. But uh, LA is super spread out. Everyone yes. has well, like right? their own store that they would prefer to go to. Uh because you know it's way closer to them than whatever other store that other people want to go to. So right. uh, you know, it depends. Uh sometimes. So, yeah.
2: so does the meta change like in inside LA?
1: Like it's 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 different north than it is south than it is west? Hmm, I haven't thought about that. I I don't think our player base is quite dense enough for that. Like mm. uh each each store has like only a few people who like can easily travel there. So when we all get together, it's like one big SoCal meta.
2: Oh, mm. oh cool!
0: I see. So there's not like there's not like rivalries when it's like you know <laughs> yeah. store champ season or regional season or whatever. It's like oh, it's those people from. <laughs> Ventura. Oh, there's a bit of that. Or, or so. Okay, good. Okay, good. I, I'd, I'd be disappointed yeah. if there was at least at least a little bit of the crosstown like yeah. Screw the Tigers. <laughs> Were the Colts or whatever high school football team nonsense? I don't know.
1: Yeah, something like that. I'd say like maybe <laughs> LA area, San Diego, and Ventura County are like three semi-competitive metas.
2: Ah, cool. Uh-huh.
0: Sweet. Well, I mean, we should probably at least talk about worlds Hell? a little bit. Okay. So, what are you? What are you least sick of talking
1: about?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. Timmy, can I can what, help us? Out? What, what is not thoroughly abused at this point?
1: <laughs> yeah. I actually haven't talked about worlds that much. Just to my friends, like, yeah, it's great. Uh, I did a. I did. I did a I profile did for Fetal AI. And, yeah,
0: Fetal AI. That uh, was a great article. That was That's awesome. Really cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah. If, if folks haven't heard about it, the website, is literally just fetal AI, <laughs> yeah. So you can go there and check it out. It's actually a very like stylish, well put together. It, cool yeah. Site. Like they anyway, they did a great job. So we'll try not to rehash anything from there. Sure. Um, but as for the <coughs> event itself, like, so I mean, two years in a row, uh, that's very interesting. Is there, like, I mean, and two years in a row, but doing it in an interesting way. Like last year, it definitely feels like the case that Blue Sun was a bit of a dark horse. Sure. Like last year, everyone was gonna be like is it going to be NEH, or is it going to be replicating perfection? Mm-hmm. And then, surprise, third place, oh, Blue Sun. Out of nowhere. And, and, then by, and then only third place by a hair's breadth.
2: Sure. Well, well, again, it was like a one-credit difference. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it like one credit would have make, made or break that game?
1: Uh, Not one credit, but it was very close. I, uh, I p- placed an ice down on my last click that I shouldn't have, and sure. if I had not made that play... Uh, he wouldn't have been able to get into r and d for his medium run and yeah. I would have won on the I, next turn i do remember
0: it it was a it was a torus in front of a curtain wall right? yeah that's right yeah and so because curtain wall was lower it had um, lo- it was it was no. <laughs> so nice it had lower strength and
2: yeah. Yeah. I I think oh, I think I think Timmy will remember that one. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but so I mean we'll we'll bring it up this year. But for
0: last year, I mean, I expect the thought process was maybe similar, maybe not. Like why 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 opt for Blue Sun? Like, are were you at the time, or maybe even now, were you just kind of like a quiet Wayland fanboy? Did you like deliberately kind of play against
1: the expected meta at the event? Uh. Yeah, that's there's definitely an element to that. I, my strategy is kind of, I tend to try to figure out what people are expecting and not do that because right. I like my opponents not to be ready for whatever I'm doing. And right, uh, usually the easiest way to do that is just to uh, play with a bunch of new cards. And Blue Sun had <laughs> had just come out uh, yep. for Worlds. Up and Over was the oh. latest data pack. And, right, right, yeah, right, right. It'd been hyped a lot, but uh, there was no, like, established build for it. And right. so that was, like, kind of my most promising way to use some cool new card to, like, beat everyone else. So that's what I tried to do. Uh-huh.
0: Nice, interesting. Um, well, was, so, this year, uh, was the approach somewhat similar? Uh, yeah. As in, like, I, I'm going to play NEH and then there's going to be some NEH, but there's probably also going to be a lot of HB. But the what I'm going to do with this NEH is going to be pretty different, and thus maybe keep my opponents on the back foot?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, this case, the latest pack was Data and Destiny, which uh, has a lot of Good MVN cards, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would certainly hope yeah. so.
1: <laughs> so basically, before the event, I was just like, I don't know what I'm gonna play, but I want to build some like crazy MVN deck that uh, you know breaks the meta or like completely goes around what people are expecting. Uh, and I tried a lot of different things. Uh, so,
2: so you tried all like the inbox, like the harpsichord, and all those things before.
1: Uh, yeah, my first thought was New Angelic Soul. That seems super cool. Uh oh man. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: it would have been so good.
1: <laughs> it would have been awesome, but uh I couldn't figure it out. It the ID just wasn't doing enough. Right. Uh then I built uh a making news deck uh and a oh. <laughs> uh, I Love it. Uh there's something else. Uh, I built a spark agency deck on the plains worlds that I was super excited (laughs) about, and I played that in the icebreaker, but it wasn't that great. Uh, So you know, I I, so
2: but I bet if you I bet bet if you built that the the night before, (laughs) you would have been sparking it for the whole uh, (laughs) for the whole turn. Yes, I
1: would have, (laughs) and it
2: would have been Uh terrible. Uh, but yeah, I ended up... So, but so so then you settle on the acceleration of our good friend, the New
1: Near Earth Hub. Hub. Yeah. Near Earth Hub, as it turns out, is a very good idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, most Near Earth Hub decks don't even really maximize it, but I think my deck really comes close to doing so. So I would regularly draw, like, you know, ten or more cards per game and have two wow. extra For influence, free. so... Yeah, Near Earth Hub is completely bonkers.
2: Yeah.
0: So, w- w- like, what was the stuff in <coughs> Data and Destiny that really jumped out? As in, like, oh, okay, this is really going to put something new and sexy into and this NEH setup that I want to do that isn't just the normal three Astros, three Eli's setup.
1: Uh, I'd say the most important cards. The most important card from DD for my deck would be News Team. Uh, oh yeah, really? Yeah, cool. News team is an ambient ambush that costs nothing to trigger, and triggers from everywhere. Oh, yes. And it's yeah. it's a it's hell for your opponent. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, uh, like almost all the time, it basically reads like give the runner minus one agenda point, which is yeah. which is crazy. I, I,
0: yeah, I ran Harpsichord at Worlds, and not once did I see someone take the tags. Yeah. <laughs> they just
2: eat the. Har- they just they eat take the, the oh, negative wow. points. Every single time. So it's like a shikyu You don't need to worry about money, basically.
0: To kind of fire. Yeah. Yeah. With shikyu, if you pay one, usually people will just take one point of damage. Right. With news team, they're just like, I'll just take the points.
2: Yeah, they're just fed up with you
0: already. Yeah. So, so with that, was the idea is just that gives you more time to pull off whatever you need to do to win?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, Global Food of- Initiative is the most hyped, or like. It's the most proven good card from the new box, right? And what that does is it basically removes three agenda points from your deck. And news team kind of does the same thing, if you think about it. Sure. Like it takes three extra slots, but if they're always taking the minus point, that gives you a lot of extra time to set up.
2: Right.
0: And
1: it's something that the runner really doesn't want to hit. So in order to build this kind of like shell gamey play out a lot of cards things, you really need a high density of cards that the runner does not want to hit. So news Team right. was a huge boon for that strategy, I would say. Interesting. That's cool. Uh, what
0: what, el- what else was in there? Was Were there any other big Data and Destiny
2: pieces that you're just like, oh yes, yes, this is uh, give yeah, me yeah. this. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious like um, we saw a lot of Assassin make uh, the rounds of worlds, didn't we?
0: Oh yes, yes like <laughs> Oh yes. Dave Hoyland God, has three assassins in the patch. God damn HP. it. God <laughs> damn it.
1: At one point in my semifinal in my semifinal game against Dave, uh, I Which every sorry to interrupt you, but everyone should watch that game. I just watched it for the fourth time
0: today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really quite simple. both that game and then the finals game. Yep. It's are something else crazy, but that that game against Dave especially. I mean, no 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 slight to Dan. Like the finals game was also very interesting and very exciting, but yeah. also like it's a card game, luck is involved. S- sometimes yeah, R&D just spits up a bunch of points right at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But that that final game between, oh sorry, the, the the second play, the the, the semi the, the semi final between yeah. you and Dave was really it's like oh that that is actually the game of Netrunner you come to the Worlds to watch. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, I agree. I rewatched it and I was like. Wow, I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen, and I'm still, like, sweating. This is... <laughs>
2: that's, that's perfect.
1: And I gotta say, gotta
2: give it out to uh, Wooly and Mark, uh, Steve Wooly and Mark, that commentated... Yes, from Team Covenant. So, while you guys were in Worlds, I was watching it on Twitch... And the game was killing Steve. It was shredding <laughs> off years of his life. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it was amazing to watch. Yeah. He was just... It was beautiful. Yeah. So they cool. were just, like,
0: all tucked over in <laughs> the good corner so I couldn't really, like, I guess see the sweat pouring off his <laughs> yeah. body or whatever was actually happening in there,
2: person. There'd be puddles of sweat all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, yeah. So. Steven did
0: um, an yeah, amazing well, job, yeah. They- oh, yeah. Those <laughs> those guys are incredible. It was it was a pleasure to meet those dudes in person mm-hmm. as well. Um, We will definitely... We'll, get, we'll talk about the wizard you, you brought in a minute. But... Uh, aside from good old News Team, were there any other like big gems that you slotted in for that NEH deck that were really like, this is what this is what really made it sing?
1: Okay. Uh, well, continuing with the stuff the runner does not want to hit theme, uh, the next most important card isn't from Data and Destiny, but it's from Universe of Tomorrow. Uh, it's product placement, and I always think it comes from Data oh. and Destiny because it's such a like classic NBN card.
2: Right. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, but product placement is, is amazing in that deck because it's like a hedge fund that like, doesn't cost a click. Instead, it costs them a click to check it. So, right. Uh, yeah, like you play it out. You draw a card, so it doesn't really cost you a click. And then they have to check if it's Astro. And then you gain two credits. And then they're like, do I really want to trash this? And yes, they should. They should pay two credits. But if they don't, then you put something else on it, and now they can never run it again. It's, yeah. right. <laughs> it's so
0: good. Um, so w- with that, because I know, at least with most of the people who play Spark, they'll almost always slap product placement on a central. But because of the drawability from NEH, were you normally playing
2: that out as a remote?
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Interesting. I think I, think I actually saw, it, it, it must have been uh, you, Timmy, that actually had a product placement on a product placement uh oh my god gross that, i did because i did see that play once in worlds but it might not have been from you but it was uh I don't, I don't remember if it was you in particular. I, but it was a crazy play because it was all yeah. of a sudden oh that that's a four credits <laughs> i don't think it was they me probably one. chris hanks yeah they, no, no, Chris Hanks. Okay, yeah. you know, you know uh, that, what that probably who it was. God, what a dick movie.
0: You put it down. <laughs> someone runs it. They're like, ah, I won't trash it. So you take your two credits. You put something else down. They're like, oh, God, okay, that's the San San City Grid. I got to go get it now. And you're like, I'm going to take four credits this time. You want to pay four? <laughs> and they're yeah. like, no. They're like, no, I'm going to put the San San City Grid on top of it. And you're just like, son of a bitch. You flip the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so product placement, another gem. Yes. Uh, was, there, was there anything else? Were there any, like... That that's let's say that's two pieces of the stool. What was what was the third piece of the
1: stool that maybe people wouldn't be expecting out of All right, the,
0: what is normally a go fast, <laughs> go fast, NEH deck?
1: The third stool leg is what something that helps me go fast. It's uh Lily Lockwell from D. Uh, Ooh, yes, really? like
2: that. that's cool. Oh, Lily
1: Lockwell was my favorite new card from D and I don't know why, but uh, really, yeah, it's like it's it. such a cool ability. Cool. Like you get to like pay a tag in order to search for an operation, and that's like the first real operation tutor we've had. Uh, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I was really obsessed with finding a way to leverage that ability, where I could like land some tags and then search my deck for the exact tag punishment I needed. Uh, right. And sort of like a toolbox tag deck. Uh, and it was really hard to build. Uh, I
2: believe. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do recall uh, one long trip to Seattle where me and Nels were confident that we could take breaking news and. Um, aggressive break, negotiation. Yeah. Nice. Breaking news and aggressive negotiation. <laughs> I still think there's
0: something there, God damn it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, 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 Lily Lockwell. Really, really, really uh, helped this deck out.
1: Uh, it didn't end up being as important as I mean, like the deck was kind of built around the idea of using her. Like almost all the MBN decks I made were like, "Yeah, how can I make Lily Lockwell work?" Uh,
2: <laughs> not, 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 not. How can I win worlds?
1: <laughs> well, you know that's secondary. Like, come up with a good deck first, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it, as it turns out, um, this sort of, like, really horizontal spam assets, uh, NEH deck was a really good fit for Lily because because you're NEH, so when you play her, you draw a card. And then you can... Because you're playing so many cards out so quickly, your hand can get, like, lower than it would normally get in some other corporation. And, you know, you don't want to waste time, like, drawing more cards so you can spam more... You have to go as fast as you can to keep the runner under pressure. Uh, So sometimes you just want to pay two and draw three more cards uh, anytime you want.
2: Built-in anonymous tip, right? Like With two.
1: Yeah. And with the extra NEH draw, it's kind of like pay two to draw four, which really makes the efficiency better. It's like a corp quality time.
2: Ooh, Man, cool.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of cards. And then I guess you can always. Did you ever end up using it reactively? Like someone was was dropping a legwork, and you're like, I'm just gonna try to thin out HQ just in case.
1: Uh, I probably did. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> we, we played a lot of games on Saturday, and then you played even more on Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah, I played 42 tournament games. I counted. Holy that crap.
0: Oh, because you were probably in the icebreaker uh, on yeah. a couple days before as well, And right? the team
1: tournament.
2: Oh, yes, yes. Oh, man. That's hardcore. Aside from the, like, a bunch of water you drink during the tournament, <laughs> like, what else are you on to
1: keep that kind of pace going? Um, I started taking Benadryl because my nose is freaking out.
2: Uh, <laughs> there we go guys. That's the key. Top strat. Spanish uh,
1: it's not a top strat. <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the end of Saturday, I was like, oh wait, I'm really sleepy. This sucks.
2: <laughs> oh no
1: <laughs> Yeah, that uh that may have cost me a game or so. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: Well that's 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 the NH side. The other side Another unusual choice, a choice that I actually made myself,
3: uh, but obviously
0: uh, you you did better than I did. Although <laughs> I won more of my wizard games than I did my harpsichord games. Um,
1: I won more wizard games wizard. too, actually.
0: There Aha, yeah. there you go. Classic wizard. So I, for me, I was right on the fence. I actually, uh, for our, I, we also played in the, uh, well, not we, um, me and three other people from BC played in the team tournament on Friday in that amazing VFW basement as well. <laughs> um, And I got assigned criminal for that. So for the actual day, I was like, oh, I'll either go with Leela, depending on how Friday goes, or I'll go with Wizard. And on Friday, I just wasn't super feeling (laughs) Leela. So I opted for Wizard as well. But it was kind of a meta call where it's like, there's going to be so much goddamn HB, and if I have to pay four credits (laughs) to trash a team sponsorship one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. So... What was your thinking, opting with the uh,
1: the master gamer? <laughs> well, was
0: was it kind of similar? Was it also a medical? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so runner side is maybe even more interesting than my corp choice. Uh, before the event, yeah. I was thinking I would play Gabe again for nostalgia and comfort level, and
0: because <laughs> you also played Gabe in coming to third in Worlds 2014. Yes, right? that's
1: right. Uh, oh, so, it. I thought I'd try to run it back. Uh, I had built a version that was very strong against the Harp Kill deck that I thought was going to be the deck to beat. Uh, oh. It had the.
0: A lot of other people felt that same mm-hmm. way, which is why I did not do so well on
1: this <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Worlds had a really interesting meta this year. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that gave deck had a. It had the crash space John Masanori combo, which I thought would be really well positioned against the scorch kill. Uh, but then I was playing against you know like other MBN decks, and I played Gabe during the Icebreaker tournament, and there was so much more HP than I thought there would be, uh, and yeah. and I was not set up to beat HP. Uh, and I could tech my deck to beat more HP, but then I would lose against NBN, so I couldn't figure out right. a way to get Gabe to work consistently. Uh, my second choice was going to be Good Stuff Valencia, which I won the SoCal Regional with this year, uh, and I was playing that in the team tournament, so I had a similar logic as you. I would you know, play Valencia and see how that went, and right. see if I would play that during Worlds. Uh Short story, I did not win any games with Valencia during the team tournament. Oh,
0: man! <laughs>
1: <laughs> there were a lot of things going on, but I couldn't really feel good about playing Valencia after that point.
2: Fair, fair. Uh, well, she she betrayed you, so yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then um, that night, Friday night, I asked uh, John uh from Ventura for his runner deck. He was playing... Nexus Kate, Kate with security Nexus.
0: I played. It was the guy's name wasn't. Would you say that dude's name was J- John? John. Yeah. Okay, I did not play that guy, but I played somebody else who had Kate with security Nexus. Um, I did trash both of their security Nexuses. Next, next side. Next side. <laughs> with oh Remains. my gosh! Wow. Yeah, sorry, buddy. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, but so why didn't you go with? Security
1: Nexus Kate. <laughs> well, I played one test game against uh, Josh Wilson from Ohio, where John was coaching me. Uh, that was that was a really fun time, but uh, I did not do so well. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I just, like, didn't draw my magnum opus early, and when your deck is relying on magnum opus, like, not drawing it is terrible. Uh, right. So that didn't make me feel good about playing that deck either. Uh so I was kind of. So it's, so
0: it's so it's Friday night. It's
1: Friday, really late at night. Yeah. I really should be going it's Friday, to sleep. Really late at night. Like you've been in the hot tub, maybe. I've not been in the hot uh, tub, but you know, oh. I'm like kind of sick. I really should get sleep for Saturday. Right. Uh, Pro yeah. stress. Yeah, our,
0: our, 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 the tournament is in like 12 hours, probably, maybe less.
1: Uh, something you like that. Don't know what yeah. you're
0: gonna
1: do. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I have no runner deck. Like I need sleep, but I also need a runner deck. So uh, I just, like, sat down in the Radisson lobby and started putting together a Wizard deck because I was like, you know, what beats HB and MBN, the two decks I'm going to face? Well, they have a lot of things to trash, uh, and I was pretty comfortable with Wizard because uh, he was one of the first runners I played a ton of. Uh, I liked him. Mm. You know, even when everyone is like, noise is clearly better in every situation. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was always a fan of Wizard. I played him a lot. Uh, when Spags won a regional or got second with uh, the looking for job deck, I brought him back because you know, Wizard is awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, oh, sorry, that's that's the net ready eyes. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm familiar with that one. That's a good deck for sure. Uh,
1: yeah. So I was like. Valencia the problem with Valencia good stuff Valencia I think is I can beat like any deck with it except for NEH Fast Advance because they're just they're too fast Uh, right and I can't uh, I don't have the tools I need at the right time to, to deal with what they're doing Right. Uh so
0: You just gotta really, really hope you get that clot on Street Peddler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But that's like so unreliable. Like I can't even slot yes. clot because it's it's not worth it, one out of fifty cards. Uh, so I was thinking like, well, Wizard is really good right now. I think his ability is probably about as good as Val, but I can play with five fewer cards in my deck, which will really help me get the tools I need to compete with Fast Decks. Uh so Like, classically, the problem with these uh, good-stuff Anarch decks is that they're just too inconsistent and slow at getting their things together. So I was in the Razzin lobby. I was like, okay, so I'm going to try to build a wizard deck, and I'm going to try to solve that problem. So I put in all of the burst draw cards, uh, three peddler, three inject, three I've had worse, also to not get killed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Good. Earthrise Hotel, Career Fair... uh, Lots of money and uh, Otman because Otman at four is really really good against a lot of decks, HB and RP mostly.
2: <laughs> yeah, yep. yep, a lot of everything. <laughs> yep,
1: uh, yeah, so I basically built on um, I built on Spags and Woolies looking for job deck and also my experiences with uh, Valencia and i eventually came up with this list and i was like this looks pretty good and i showed it to uh john and also noah from san francisco uh mm. and uh Kalimpsha from belgium and they gave their advice and Kalimsha suggested uh adding test run to the deck which was a really good idea uh Really? Yeah, yeah,
2: that that was the weirdest pick I saw in your uh, list, was the Test Run. Can could, could, could you give us some examples of when it just totally crushed the game or maybe helped out a situation? Because usually, I, I've seen SMC in that area, but I'm wondering why Test Run was the better pick.
1: It was the better pick in this situation because I was sitting at 46 cards and I could not figure out what the card to cut was. And then Kalintra says, well, you know, you could cut the second Otman for either an SMC or a Test Run because you probably won't ever play two Otman. Uh, right, right. Uh, and then I realized that I had one Deja Vu in the deck that I didn't really like, but that I felt I kind of needed to recover from inject trashing all my key programs. Uh, but if I added Test Run, that can search for uh, an icebreaker that I need for my stack, but it can also recur a program that,
2: in, in the that got
1: banned. Yeah. Okay. So it's... It's a super uh, flexible card in that slot. Ooh, I like that. And then, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And then I could cut the Deja Vu and be at 45 cards. So that's the build I ended up going with.
0: Oh, that's cool. Crazy. Great. I guess you could always do a thing where it's like, if HB sets up that bullshit, like, Turing Eli <laughs> server that they love to do, mm-hmm. like, you could always test around the David, use up one of the counters just run and then it just comes back to your hand and you don't actually have to reinstall it until
1: you need it that's right test run is really good with David as I found out when I played it in shaper like you blue sun especially is so sad because
2: (laughs) David's the the reason why Waylon just cries when they play
1: yeah they they oversight a kernel wall and then you test run your David app break it trash (laughs) it and then it goes back on your stack so they can never do it again it's right uh, oh man
0: uh it's the worst. So were there what was that were there any like similar MVPs inside of that wizard setup that you're just like, Oh yes, I'm so glad I put in
1: blah. Um Noah and John were both saying I should cut like the third inject or the third peddler, but I think in the end I was really glad I just had every card draw I had. Uh because that's yeah. that
0: is
2: a lot of card draw. That's MVM.
1: Yeah, but I faced uh, four NEH fast advance decks in the Swiss, and uh, just not having to like slowly draw the cards you need is really, really important. Uh, hmm.
2: So, so, so with um, with when you're facing fast advance, it's just use all your draw tools, get out all the answers right away, and stop them from scoring. Is that just how it ends up working?
1: Well, the the final piece to beating fast advance, as it turns out, is a uh, turntable.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man! Very, yeah, cool. a lot—way more people than I was expecting. But in retrospect, it totally makes sense. We're packing turntable. I think most, if not all, of the top sixteen anarchs had turntable as their
2: console.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how this happened because it used to be pan as like a pretty bad card, but suddenly it's yeah. Yeah. amazing. <laughs>
2: so, so what was the sweetest turntable you had?
1: Okay, so. Probably my most personally memorable game from the tournament was against uh, Jens Eriksson, the twenty thirteen world champion. All uh, oh, right, and
2: Ar- architect, architect, right? The architect, no, 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 no. Of of architect.
1: no that's, yeah, uh, that's Jeremy Zorn. His card hasn't come out yet. Damn
2: it! Oh, oh, okay, okay.
0: Uh, oh right, Jeremy was 23. Well, the year the game came out. Yes, that's right. And then
2: Jens, right. right, right, right. So please please continue, Timmy, sorry.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I faced Jens in like round uh, six of Swiss, I think. Uh, I think he's the most intimidating player I've ever faced. Like, yes. Ah. Jens is incredibly competent and... Like
0: that, that cold Nordic stare. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like he he understands the psychological game like just as well as the technical game, which is really intimidating. Oh yeah. I can see that. I like it. Uh yeah, and uh he he's playing fast advance NEH and uh he Okay. Uh okay, the reason for this anecdote is turntable, right. Okay. So we we fight <laughs> we fight this Heavy, heavy battle. At one point, he has a four-advanced Beal in his uh, wraparound tollbooth remote, and I'm on like eight credits and no breakers, and I have to... uh,
0: Oh my god, so so he was just slow-rolling it.
1: Yeah, he was about to...
0: Oh, gross! He was going
1: to score it for uh, four points and get up to six, and that would have sealed my doom. Uh,
0: yeah, and then and then fifteen minutes breaking news, whatever. Yeah.
1: That's it. Uh, so I go. I've had worse. Into inject into clone chip, uh, clone chip. The David I just injected to break both wraparound and toll booth and get it. Uh, oh
2: yeah. man! Oh.
1: That, yeah, that was nuts for me. But. Uh, but like I never have time to get down my Corroder, so he just has these like unbreakable wraparounds eventually. And he puts down a Santan behind that same server and starts scoring off of it, and he's up to six points with an Astro token. Uh, but I have my trusty turntable, so I run R&D and steal... Uh, breaking news and 15 minutes and swap them for his Astro with Astro token and his project Beal so oh. so I turntable him oh, down from six to four points and <laughs> myself sick. up to five points uh, right and then I would and, yeah. y-
0: and you're not stuck with that goddamn 15 minutes. Right, right he's just gonna take back a few turns from
1: turntabling 15 minutes for Astro with astro token it has gotta be like the best feeling that is
2: man yeah woof. yeah. Holy cow! That's that's that that, that there's a turntable. Nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Turning,
1: burning or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll come up with a way better term for that. So that was probably the sweetest turntable play.
2: Definitely. Man, that's cool. So so like I'm I'm looking at at uh, anarch consoles as I do because I'm a big fan of anarch and like what. <laughs> Is uh is 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 there any room for spinal modem anymore? Is there any room for you think turntable and vigil is where it's gonna be at?
1: Uh I seriously thought about spinal modem. I think that might be the second choice. Uh Grimoire is usually the default choice because like two memory for three is so good and extra virus counters are always good. Um But in order to fit in Basically like I needed Turntable to be able to beat Fast Advance because it's the thing that lets you deal with their scored astro, which usually is how they just roll over you. That's right. Um, so, what I... D- how did I not think of it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't hear Nels, you just Like, I,
2: I had
0: pretty few viruses on the day of, too, and I'm like, well, I don't know, Grimoire's got some memory, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is no. why Timmy is the second best player in the world, no, no, no. and
1: I'm like, 100-something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was with Grimoire for a long time, trust me, and... Uh, because the two memory is so important when you have to get out all these viruses and stuff, right? Like, yeah. there's no room. Uh, so, actually, I think the thing that probably no one else would have done that I did with that deck is uh, I cut Data Sucker. Ooh. And really? Completely? I, yeah, I played Zero Data Sucker. Because Data Sucker is the thing that hogs your memory. And without it, you can afford to play a non Grimoire console. And. Data sucker, as it turns out, is not very good against MBN. If you play against MBN and you play your data sucker, you notice that like you never do anything with it. You amass like a ton of counters. They never have to purge because none of their ice really matters, except sometimes Eli.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well,
0: uh, or the one time they do it is the turn they're using CBS right. to prevent you from clot blocking something so they're all gone anyway yeah
1: and that's the next big thing because everyone is packing like two three cvs to fight clot uh your data sucker can never be relied on to deal with troublesome ice like they could always have a cvs and pop it on you and wreck you with an archer or something
0: not bad. Well, or, or even just a toll breath. Right. Yeah. little engine. I love little, little engine, engine right.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I love it. It seems like um, the, the Comfort and art cards kind of fell on the wayside while, while you were building. You're like, well, I'm not going to need the Grimoire. I'm not going to need the Data Sucker. I needed the Data Sucker because of the Grimoire. So now they're both going away. So it uh, leaves room for Turntable for some crazy plays. Yeah, that almost sounds
0: like heresy. <laughs> <laughs> A
1: little bit. Man,
0: well, so one person's heresy is another person's uh, unexpected sneak it back. <laughs> <laughs> or something more clever than that, that that's definitely what they say <laughs> yes um crazy well that that yeah fascinating so aside from that game against jens were there any other like real uh, obviously as we said before the amazing game against dave
2: hoyland from the UK. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. who who has to be the coolest cucumber on the planet i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, that I, I, I didn't see just, just a wall of stone just wow like you couldn't read anything and he's still joking around and he's still being amiable
1: I was like how is he doing this I'd be like rolling on the ground screaming if I was playing like that Dave but, is probably yeah. the second most intimidating player that guy is yeah. uh, <laughs> he plays a cool B- well, B- well, yeah because he actually took the psychological aspect out of the
2: game <laughs> right. right because he's just so so stone cold but because he's so cool you're like what
0: does he know that I don't know yeah oh God so it's just I'm just gonna take this off from me and project it twice as much onto you <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes was it was it was it another big gem moments maybe early early Swiss that hit you aside from that the world's craziest turntable play I think
1: hmm um it's all a blur right now uh I bet that's fair, yeah, I had to play uh like one of my closest uh meta friends uh from SoCal and oh, no. round oh, four. I hate, I hate yeah. it
2: when that happens. I hate yeah,
1: it. in round four we were both 5-1 and it was like, oh, I'm so happy that you're doing this well, but that we have to play each other is just awful. Yeah,
2: oh,
0: maybe, yeah. maybe at the end of this we'll both go 6-2. <laughs>
1: uh, just just scoop? Yeah. Uh, I ended up sweeping him. That felt really bad.
0: No, <laughs> oh, sorry, Frankie. Yeah. I'm very glad I did not have to play anyone that
1: yeah, from BC. At from least, BC, at least. There. Yeah. Um.
2: Cool. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely going next year. You're, you're, you're a big fan of Worlds. You always will be. Uh, it's pretty tough not to go next year. There you go. Uh, the, uh, the 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 next logical step is uh, Timmy top table one. Yeah, I right? mean number three, number mm. two. Now you just, just got to take
0: it. Yes. Gonna gonna seal the deal. Yes, no pressure. <laughs> I no, believe. <laughs> yeah. 2017, 2016. What's next year? 2016. Yep. 2016, the year of Wong. Yes. I believe.
2: I believe, too. I believe, too. Um, oh.
0: Well, I, I, I got I to, gotta, again, not, not to, like, put you weirdly on the spot, but, I mean, I, it seemed that at the event, like, a lot of people were definitely rooting
2: for Team Wong. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, like, twi- even in Twitch chat, everybody was on Team Timmy Wong. Like, how... Uh, how was that like do do
0: you you feel like you had a bunch of people who were cheering for you i mean literally after the fact like you were talking to lucas and then you kind of had to stop for a minute because the crowd was cheering too loud that's right yeah Yeah,
1: that that was just amazing uh i'll remember that moment for a long time when uh yeah yeah that felt it felt great (laughs)
2: Um, I mean, but what, d-
0: d- does it feel like you're kind of like carrying the people's banner?
1: <laughs> I, I guess people have uh, designated me as the person to hold this amorphous banner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it's ultimately like, you know, I think people get a sense of like wh- when, when people hear about the decks both last year and this year they were running and they feel like they don't feel. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of thought went into it, but they weren't like the calculated. Oh, these are the best decks. They've come in first at like 15 different events, so I'm just gonna copy and paste that from the internet and run that. Like the fact that they still feel personal and organic. I'd say like homebrew. Yeah, you homebrew. Know? <laughs> like yeah. people, I think, pick up on that, and they're like, and they're like, that that's that's what we want to win, <laughs> right? We want someone to be like, you know, I did my own thing. I played against type a little bit, and that's what did it
1: yeah I agree. Uh, it's yeah, you know, I guess I just approach the game in a slightly different angle from most of the players who tend to place very well, and that gets me a lot of recognition. man yeah.
0: I like it. You know, you know it always makes me very happy.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't really know how to respond. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, I just I just try to do my thing. I like to like I like to play fondex i personally don't like to just play whatever's been winning all the tournaments uh so it just turns out that that personal preference like tends to work out for me for some reason and yeah uh that's why people notice i guess like
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think it kind of goes to show, right? Like, you know, there's there's always a bit of a hive mind thing where it's like, well, if you want to do well, you're gonna have to pick X, Y, or Z, and don't you dare change one card in there, or that's not gonna be the optimized thing or whatever. But it's like, well, clearly that's not the
1: case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's something to it. Like, yeah. oh yeah.
0: I mean, of course, there's always like this thing, like. Measures of consistency and, you know, being strong against the other decks to beat or whatever. It's like, that. that is, of course, a real thing. Like, you can't just slap together some random garbage and expect to crush it. But I think you don't also literally have to, like, toe the party line, as it were. Yeah. And and still hope to both have a good time and do well, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like, I mean, the thing is, the decks I build are never, like, the most consistent things. They never, like, catch on like crazy and become... The deck that everyone like hates to see, they're just kind of like, I mean, I'm like a pretty good deck builder, so I put together something that works, uh, and I know how to play it because I built it, and uh, and because I try to like figure out what's good against the meta right now, what people aren't expecting, like it tends to do pretty well against the top decks because I prepared for those decks, uh, yeah. right? But then you know i'll post my decks if they do well and other people will play them and they'll probably be like yeah this is okay but now like everyone knows what i'm playing so it's not that great
2: uh, so. oh you're wonging me yeah. oh okay so
1: <laughs> like
2: oh you got the wizard wall <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah so i i i actually really like that approach like it sounds like you have a, a, a really kind of perfect mix as it is obvious with like your your placements and stuff of like I'm, I'm I'm gonna play what's fun. I'm gonna play what's comfortable, and I'm gonna be aware, like aware of this. Yeah, of the crazy. Oh, I'm gonna food go to the park or, yeah. or whatever I'm doing.
1: Yeah, like in this case, I p- only played Wizard because I knew there's gonna be a ton of HB and a ton of fast fans, and that's all I played those two days. Uh, and yep, yep. That's, <laughs> that
0: is also all I played yep. those two days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, I think Wizard is the correct choice against that meta. It's uh it's not quite as good against HP as I was expecting, but I think it's still pretty good like yeah. sure they yeah. would
2: what, um, what would you say is a little bit better than wizard at HP if uh, Wizard was faulting with them? uh
1: that's tough um yeah, it
2: feels like that's definitely
1: the question to answer
2: right now. <laughs> yeah, right like that's what people are looking for for sure
1: i hear I hear from John that Nexus Kate is very strong against HP, and that's probably true uh
0: interesting, huh
1: yeah, i think uh Good stuff, Valencia I mean, would also be a very good choice
0: yeah people forgot about it kind of quickly, but the one thing and I packed this specifically at our regionals uh, because I it was a weirdly roll back the meta at, as bigger slice in time and you also get back to neH and HB being the thing to do <laughs> um, lots of people forgot about it, but hacktivist meeting does a lot of work against uh, hB sure thing yeah. because they're rezzing tons of stuff Yeah. um I think people forgot about that one, but it feels like that also has a
1: lot of... Yeah, that's a good call. They're like Rez Breaker yep. Bay, Rez Adonis, and you're like, wait, 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 no, no. No, no, it's yeah, a lot it's of It's like,
0: stuff. oh, you had one card in HQ, now it's gone, now you can't Rez the <laughs> other one. Enjoy that
2: Breaker Bay grid, friend. Yeah, I actually saw one, I think I managed to... See, uh, the games I watched uh, on stream, I saw one Counter Current played and I was like, oh, that's cool. Because <laughs> I've
3: never... Because
2: i rarely ever see that in real life. And I've seen it in worlds. And I was like, oh, man. You just got rid of that turn one housekeeping. And it totally screwed up that Wayland game. It was great. Oh, man. Yeah. Hacktivist. And and it was Hacktivist.
1: So, there you go.
0: Cool. Um, well, very briefly, what are you looking forward
1: to next? Uh, as far as Netrunner goes? Bra- brain- yeah. Brainstorm. Right? Or
0: anything else. <laughs> Whatever you want.
1: Uh... I don't know. Like this has been the thing. Star Wars is coming out. Like into that. (laughs) Uh, somewhat. Not as much as most people, I feel. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Worlds was like the thing I was looking forward for to for so long that now it's like, I don't know. Christmas. (laughs) 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 Who knows?
2: That's bloody good. So, what does uh, Timmy Wong ask for Christmas?
1: Uh. i
2: sand is a big time listener on the show so it's true
1: i just moved to a new apartment so oh, like congrats thank you
2: I- ikea gift cards yeah a cactus a cactus, uh. <laughs> a, cactus.
0: <laughs> a sad shitty cactus
2: oh, there's gonna be tons of them in Soko. i didn't even thought of that probably
1: okay. <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> uh my my roommate is really into plants so he'd probably like a cactus
0: right yeah
2: <laughs> wow, what a selfless guy! <laughs> Second Worlds asks for a cactus for his roommate. <laughs> you really are the people's champ. <laughs>
0: um. Well, you said you're really into board games. Sure. Like, is ha- have you played Pandemic Legacy yet, for instance? I have
1: not. I've heard good things about it.
0: Oh man. Yeah, that's definitely that's the thing. If if did you play the original Pandemic? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you like that. Uh, you, uh, pandemic Legacy <laughs> is what you want. It is
1: It is what will serve you a fine banquet. <laughs> I'm looking forward to trying that one out. Risk Legacy was already a blast. Uh, yeah. yeah, despite
0: the fact that I hate risk, I right, right. will always hate risk <laughs> because it is garbage. Uh, risk Legacy was incredible.
1: Yeah,
0: it yeah, adds some pretty much. high praise.
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, we better wrap it up because. Okay. We may or may not, depending on how long the other half of this goes, we may or may not stick a whole other conversation at the end of this, so we don't want to accidentally create a gigantic podcast. <laughs> um, but we already have. We already have. Yep. Hopefully, I'm sure people appreciated it. Timmy, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to chat with us. This Thanks. was hugely
2: appreciated. Thanks so much, Tim. Thanks
1: so much for having me. This was really fun.
0: Um, if people want to get in touch with you, obviously you're very active on STEM Hack.
1: Pretty active on STEM Hack, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you use Twitter? Do you have a website? No, not really. You, are are you
2: on NRDB? Run a
1: summer camp for net, new
2: Netrunner players? <laughs> <laughs> what a camp that would be. Uh,
1: I do have a Netrunner DB. I, I've been trying to post my world's decks, but like, I set up. I don't know, like, last year I wrote this, like, huge, long explanation for the decks, and I feel like I have to do that again, which... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it's yes, such yes. a huge bar, uh, but I'm working on it.
0: Well, not, not, now you don't need to. Now you just post a link to this podcast, and you're like, uh, why did
1: I make
2: those decisions? Listen to this.
1: Here's that's that's a really good call. <laughs> wow. Problem solved. I might do that.
2: Cross-promotion. Yeah. Also, well, well, what about shouting out your uh, store in Pasadena? Is that where, where it is?
1: Maybe give your store a shout-out that you uh, frequent? Sure. Game Empire Pasadena. Uh... There we go. It's a great place. You should check it out if you're in the neighborhood. Uh, I might start writing regular ish Netrunner articles soon. Uh, That'd
2: be great. That'd be great. I'd love it. Uh,
1: Yeah, there's a a gaming team called Astra for War Machine, but uh, the guy who runs it is interested in actually sponsoring me for Netrunner. Yeah, it's
2: (laughs) that's cool.
1: Pretty (laughs) cool. Hey, (laughs) great! Awesome. Uh, I'm meeting with him tomorrow uh, to hash out the details. Great. Yeah, if it works out, I might start posting articles on their website.
2: We will retroactively put that in to uh, our Terminal Seven thing, so people can find it there.
0: Yes. Yeah. If if that that actually ends up existing, um, we'll we'll link it when it does exist. Sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah,
2: that'd be cool. I'd, lo- I'd, love to- I'd love to get more sweet. <laughs> Top table, I'll- Timmy Wong.
0: Uh, <laughs> there we
1: go. I'll do my best.
0: <laughs> well, dude, thank you once again very much for your time. Oh. And hopefully we'll hear more from you very soon.
1: Yes, I hope so too. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Yeah. See ya. Adios.
0: Welcome back. I am still Nils Anderson. And I'm still Jesse Turner. And I'm somewhat Dean Tran? <laughs> Only partially Dean Tran. Partially Dean Tran. In the second half of this very cool episode, we thought that what the listeners deserved, what they'd earned, is not one, but two amazing conversations with very cool people. Yep. So here in the second half, we're talking to our buddy, Mr. Dean Tran from Toronto. How you doing, friend?
3: Uh, I'm doing good. Toronto weather's kind of got me down right now. It's raining outside. I don't know how it is in Vancouver, but it uh, is
2: also raining. It's probably the same.
3: It's probably the same. warmer slightly. No, <laughs> no. Like I, I think I'm nor- more northern than you guys are, it, like continental-wise. So I'm, it's extremely cold. I walked to the, into the garage to get like a pot of stew, and I, I didn't want to go back to the garage ever again.
0: You walked into the garage
3: <laughs> to get a pot of stew. Well, it just made sense because we just had too much Does cooking. It? <laughs> it there was too much cooking in the kitchen, so we just moved the pot of the stew into the garage. Anyways, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> wow. I, I guess they do things slightly differently in Toronto. <laughs> Um, so you sir we had this distinction last year last year we spoke to our buddy Mr. Brody Laudmel yep who is the best Canadian netrunner player yes as he was determined by he placed the highest in worlds but this year you sir claim that honor yeah i that's incredible it's amazing yeah <laughs>
3: Thank you. Uh, it, was, it was kind of a, a drag to Nazi Brody, because like, uh, it, it was a great time meeting him last year, and it was funny enough, I didn't actually meet Keith last year, but I met him this year through coming to the Canadian Nationals, and then of course he came to Worlds again. So yeah, so definitely it was a great honor to have that.
0: <laughs> yes, and it was, it was certainly deserved. So But before before we get into Worlds too deeply, and we'll get there, if you're not, we, <laughs> we will bathe in it before this is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, we just want to talk a little about you. So you're... Are you, you're from Toronto. Did you
3: grow up in Toronto? Uh, yeah, born and raised Toronto General, just oh, uh, as, as Toronto yeah. as you can get. Um, lived here for, what, 27 years of my life now at this point? <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, just coming down to it, um, I wasn't initially into board games. I was always, like, a very competitive, like, Counter-Strike and Dota 2 player, and then just when ah. it's just... Yeah, it, one day it just flipped the switch for me, and I was just tired of playing team games, and I was just like, you know what, I want to do something that I can do well by myself. Because everyone <laughs> right. decided to get girlfriends and get lives and all that other stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. always a story.
0: Yeah, but why bounce over to card games? Because, I mean, obviously there's, like, plenty of solo... not solo, but, like, 1v1 competitive digital games that exist. You know, your StarCraft and your Hearthstones and all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, and, and I did dive into, actually, StarCraft, and I dived into Street Fighter. Oh, um, uh, yeah, thi- of course, of course. But it's just like it lost that piece of human interaction that I enjoyed a lot, as much as it was fun. Um, and I had a friend that. Um that always recommended to come out to play board, play board games, and I was like, board games. Like, I don't want to play Monopoly. I don't want to play Sorry. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, board games have changed a lot. <laughs> I <don't> play
0: Sorry. <laughs> yeah,
3: as much as you say Sorry every day, like I'm I'm not. I don't feel like playing the game. That's right. But right.
2: It. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's not a
2: joke up here in
0: the north.
3: Yeah. No. And,
2: and, and, uh, and also, the World Championships of Sorry isn't that exciting to watch. <laughs>
3: So, um, one day my friend, um, he just invites me out, and he's like, hey, like let's come, come play this game. And we started playing some other board games, and I realized, wow, board games has extremely changed over this era. And just a few things happened here and there, and we visited Board Game Geek, and we saw one of the games was Android Netrunner. And I got my brother into it, too, and we're like, oh, you know what, why don't we try this out? And I just enjoyed the flavor out of it, because it was the first game that uh, I saw, which had that unique distinction where it was asymmetrical um because I play right. games like um Counter-Strike there is that asymm- asymmetry where like one side has to defend the bomb one side has to defuse it and I enjoy that so much and I had I had fallen out of like liking symmetry so much because like Dota kind of has it a little bit but you do have like the hero distinctions that change that up so when it came to Android Netrunner I was like wow this game has like so many mechanics and so rich and and just it just it went from there and I just I started playing the game so so much that even the friends that, I, that initially jumped into it, they're just like, yeah, we're not playing this game anymore. And then my brother who looked at me <laughs> is like, yeah, I can't play you. I'm just going to play League of Legends. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll move on from there. And I just stuck with it ever since.
2: That's cool. So your background is actually like a competitive video game player. Yeah.
3: Especially. Yeah, like, I'm a heavy PC junkie. Like, I'll, I'll play a lot of games on the PC, like, and I still do, um, Dota 2, but I've, I've moved away so much from it, and, like I said, because it was just that human element that I enjoyed so much of sitting in front of someone and having that conversation that I enjoyed so much I used to have with, like, playing in a team, team-based game, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. There's there's, there's something about team-based... Like, I, I I played a lot of Dota as well, but um, I never dreamed of entering even closer to like the competitive scene or anything, but there is definitely something about having the face-to-face time that Netrunner, that Netrunner gives you that you just do not even get with everybody on Skype or anything.
3: Yeah, like um, our team, Dota 2, uh, one of the things they were doing back in the day was um, getting Sivo, uh, which is very competitive for Counter-Strike. They wanted to get Dota into it, and we did really well. We actually placed third at the end of it, but... Um, I just, it just wasn't the same for me anymore, and then as I was getting older, I'm like, I just, I just want to sit in front of someone and have that conversation, and I don't know, that's, I know we're going to circle at this point, so either way, I love Netrunner for what it is and what it's all about. Um,
0: <laughs> well, it's cool, it's, so so what is the, so what's the scene in Toronto like? Because obviously, Toronto's a, a mighty big city, is there, so, is there still just kind of like the one place, meet up, hang out, whatever, where people go, or is it more like, oh, people who are actually in Toronto proper go here, but if you're like... More out west, you kind of go over here or something like that.
3: So Toronto's interesting because it's um, it's a pretty big um, landmass in where like all the different communities are, right? So certainly we have, of course, the downtown core Toronto, which is where everyone is. And I find with a lot of board gamers, like they just want to stay in da- downtown. And
0: oh, it's like Vancouver. Yeah,
3: <laughs> Sorry, <no>. exactly. <laughs> so um, I came into the game two years ago, just so excited, super excited, and I noticed like. Um, as much as it was organized, it wasn't as diverse as it could have been uh, in terms of like the different areas and different hubs we had. Um, and I come from um, like north uh, north of Toronto, so I'm just out of reach. I'm about an hour drive to get down to downtown Toronto, so I, I used to, like every day go to work, go downtown um, every Thursday to come down and play. So. That used to be the case. Um, ever since I've come in and now supported the community alongside with like a lot of other people, we have come to grow in the community. So we have like pockets of like people in Toronto, then northern Toronto, then we had like a small pocket in, in Maple, which is where I'm from. Um, we have um, another pocket which is in um, Cambridge. That's where um, that's where Chase's Sly Squid is from, mm, right, um, yeah. and also like Jameson is from. Um, right. And then we have an extreme west pocket, which is uh, like we just actually went to Game Night Kit this past weekend um, to support the Hamilton, which uh, which they have their own growing scene, right? So, oh, crazy! Yeah, uh, they used to be about six, seven players who were really interested, and we just went to their their Game Night Kit. They had uh, sixteen players, so it was pretty awesome.
0: Sweet. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah. yeah, for for a random just game night. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just in, in all this, like usually in Toronto we'll usually get on average anywhere twenty plus and then like during Star Chapter seasons we'll go from thirty to forty and then regional goes up to sixty. So it's just been like a continually nice. Yeah. It's been continually development uh, developing meta and we're continually trying to grow it and just making sure that, like, for example, we have the torsox City Group, which is a Facebook group. Uh, we're very vocal in terms of the different meetup t- nights and the different events that are coming out. And, and I, I tell everyone, like, hey, if you guys know if, like, um, of, like, an event you guys want to um, broadcast or advertise, let us know, and we'll help you support that, right?
2: Well,
0: that sounds really
3: great. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. So what has, like, been that process of, of kind of fostering more engagement in different parts of the city been like?
3: So the biggest thing that for a lot of people make the mistake when it comes to fostering communities um, is they do like, I'll give away promos, I will talk about the game a lot, we'll be extremely enthusiastic. And so, what we noticed a lot from a lot of players was they always foster around like the players that were uh, super excited or like already invested in the game and trying to get promos in their hands. And and sometimes of course, you will get promos to the new players but that's kind of where the support ends um, the biggest thing to retain a player base which you found a lot of successes is, is with actually the bottom tier players and when I say by bottom tier people who, like don't typically finish well a lot of the times so or people who maybe still struggling with deck building in the game in order to retain retention in this game like for me and you we've already bought the whole course that we have like probably like two of every data pack, whatever it may be, right? Like We're very into the game when we listen to podcasts. The players who don't necessarily know how to deck build or maybe are just so new and so timid, when you need, reach out to those players and you get them emotionally invested, then they feel a sense of like they belong in the community and they feel that, that they have the support system and they want to come back. They're excited. And I'll give you a prime example. It's like Just this year, we had a newer player, this uh, this guy named Matthew Genser, and he was a hairstylist. And um, he's actually award-winning hairstylist in Toronto. Um, I didn't even know that what <laughs> cool yeah but um he came to the game and we just saw him one night and he's just trying a bunch of like these crazy kooky decks he had like criminals with ipad worse he had um and argus kill decks kill decks with like really off the beat ice and we just came to really just talk to him and like talk to him more about like hey you know that's a cool deck do you want to play a game and then we would sit down and talk to him about, like what the decks he has and I've made more of a friendship with him now too, to the point of, like his goal in the meta is that I'm not allowed to quit the game until he flatlines me.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Good.
2: that's that emotional investment right there.
3: Like, exactly, right? So I mean when you do those kind of things and like I appreciate him for like who he is as a person, like and I love him, like he's like gr- Big shout-out to him as a person uh, and what he brings to the community. Um, but he's so excited about coming to every game night kit. And I talked to him just a few weeks ago, and he's like, you know, I really want to come to this next game night kit, but I just have to spend time with my girlfriend. And, I, and, and just hearing that kind of stuff, just like, you know, we've done an impact for someone. And it's, that's the repeated thing you got to do within the community. It's like, if you notice there's a new player who's, who's struggling, who doesn't know what's happening, you know, m- as much as you can, make sure you're not making the group feel like a, cl- a click. I don't yeah. make it all, all clicky and reach out to them. Like, hey, no, like, uh, you know, my name is Dean. Like, hey, yeah, I, I noticed your first time at the tournament. Like, how, how did it feel for you? What decks are you playing? Oh, cool. Do you mind if I take a look and just really discuss and get that, that emotional investment for them? Because once they feel been sitting with you, you're just going to understand more, like, the entire community is that open.
2: Right. Man, that's some really, really good advice. I know that um, people actually have that question that they uh, ask us a lot. And I think
3: we're going to point them in this direction. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Do you guys ever run events specifically
0: for newer folks?
3: Yeah, um, actually, a few months ago. So, we have uh, this really big board game cafe where um, it's called Snakes and Lattes. Oh, and yeah. It's
0: awesome. I went there when I was in Toronto. Oh, I did you? I really <laughs> liked it and was very <laughs> jealous.
3: It's a good time. Actually, one of the guys that um, inspired me to get better at this game, he, uh, he works there. And um, he won a, the plug into it. That was the very first like um, tournament I ever went to in my life where I played uh, RP69 with 69 cards.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, good. good. It was like three.
3: I bought three corsets so I can get three Akataros.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: so uh, either way, at that tournament, um, we ran a specific corset only. So it was kind of bringing cool. back to basics, nice. and the whole idea was to corset only one corset, not even two, not even nice. three, one corset, right. and it's to get one to for the new players who are very timid at the game who maybe I want to come out and know what the game's all about in the, in a like a casual uh, competitive event yeah and it was good to network and meet new players and kind of see varying I- uh, ideas and then then when you kind of give them that hit we're like oh hey this was a great exciting time and it was it, I think we had about close to 30 players come out mm. Um once they we were like so excited about what the aspects of the game would look like, and we even showed them like more the paid paid building windows and like the turn structures and giving them advice, and then became more invested in the game. And we found like just so many of them just so sort interested, of like what's the Facebook group and who's who you know who are you and you know what do you do a lot in like in terms of games. So it's it was such a good time to have this little events.
0: Cool. I mean, that's definitely a challenge that I've even found here in the city. Is like then maybe maybe you guys have some interesting approaches, but. It's you know you can find the people who are already into the game because they show up and already play. But for the person who's like I got a corset and like I kind of play with some of my friends, whatever, and like finding those people and actually getting them to show up and play with a bunch of strangers, I think is it's not totally clear how to do that. At least for me, mm-hmm. um, is that something that you guys have like found? To like oh, actually, if you put up signs in a game store or something else.
3: Yeah. Um, so. We did attempt to do that, so we have like um so a lot of the stores um for for example for one games, proactively advertising. We're we're good friends with the owners and the or like the community members there, um, and the organizers also too, which put up signs like our our weekly is on Thursday night and come out. And the same thing with our Facebook group. Um, we, I put in like bold letters, like these nights are like nights where player bases are, are there, and people are able to teach and help you uh, learn more about the game, right? Mm. Um, but even like more casual nights, like sometimes it doesn't even have to be at, um, at like a, a specific game store. We just recently got a new meetup, um, and we have two guys who went uh, went towards with us. They organize a meetup now at um, at a bar. It's called uh, it's called a Rhino, but we call it uh, Wednesdays at Net Rhino. <laughs>
0: Net so, ah nice, perfect, yeah. nice. Yeah, we've got pub runner up here on Tuesdays.
3: Yeah, I saw that on your Facebook group, and um, it's just I think the more and more you just keep shouting and keep shouting, and you see those opportunities or you see those players, and you put like just a nice little thing um, right beside the game uh, where the owners are, are are putting it for sale, saying like, hey, here's our ni- uh, weekly nights, and these are ch- opportunity for you to learn more about the game, and just oh, talking. That's I think good idea. Yeah, like you, you just have to be very careful with the vernacular you use. Like if you use things like this is this is a game night kid, or this is like um this is a tournament, those turn off those kind of players more so. Yeah, but yeah, if you post scary words, yeah. Exactly. They're very scary, right? But if you use catch uh, catch words like like um Meetup. Um, Meetup or a friendly get together or a <laughs> yeah. teaching environment. And then people are more apt to want to come out and they don't get scared about coming out in just like the magic environment where like I just came out and they you got know, pounded by like this guy and you never talked to me and just laughed at me the entire night. So. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do have to say like um, I think NetRunner lends itself to like I, I really love showing people this game. Like even if they just started or they're just learning or they, they bring weird decks like I always find myself just falling in love all over again when i'm explaining and this is what this does and then like but do you mean that, that that's what this does and then you just start escalating off each other and i think this is definitely one of the best games for it i don't remember enjoying showing someone a game this 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 much for sure mm-hmm. yeah it's usually the kind of thing where
0: it's like i've got this game i'm really excited about we're gonna have to talk for about 20 minutes and then we'll get to the part where you can see how it all fits together and excited and it's not that Netrunner is simple. I mean it has a lot of little fiddly bits, but it feels like each individual one is still playing interesting by itself, versus like someone needing to see the whole thing put together and like play for an hour to be like at the end, Oh, I get that now I know why people like this. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it's a thing that's like exciting pretty darn quick. Yep. <laughs> once you get over that initial hump of super confusion.
3: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I learned, actually, through teaching that runner? Because I came back from Worlds, and um, my Facebook feed was just, like, all tagged, and even my girlfriend's feed, like, she posted up uh, her cover photo for me, and some of people saw it. So people asked me, like, what game do you play? What card game are you, like, gambling? And I'm like, no, no, I don't gamble. Like, this. Just, like <laughs> That's what my mother thought at first. Like, oh, like, he's going to Minnesota. It's like, oh, for what? To play card games? Like, he's gambling for money? He's like, no. And then she just left the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: The, when I was coming back from Worlds, the cabbie who took me to the airport, he's, uh, he also, thought. I, I think we probably talked for a good 10 or 15 minutes before he realized that I wasn't talking about,
3: like, gambling card games. (laughs) And then he
0: was much less
3: interested. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, just... The thing with teaching Netrunner I found is that you need to just roll with confusion, like don't even go to the full breadth of like the three types of ice or like talking about like what an R&D is, just just slap the cards on the table and get them to explore like bit by bit and let their curiosity kind of grow into it. I, I found like that was the best even for me. Some people do enjoy having the rule book beside them and reading it, but I find like to get that hook right off the bat. I always explain, like, the story of, like, this. we're in a dystopian future where monolith corporation's code to control the world, and, like, that's happening right now, you realize it. I'm like, okay, sure, okay, we can go with that, that's fine.
0: Well, I mean, that actually is, like, a big advantage of the game that, given that it's the theme and the rules are bound so tightly, it actually becomes, like, if people understand the theme, they're able to kind of internalize the metaphor that a lot of the rules have much easier, right? When you're like, oh, right, I am trying to hack into different servers, That, okay, well, then I have to, like, oh, ice, it's like defenses on this, room. when it's like, you can run on your opponent's installed cards, like, installed, that's not a vacuum, that's not the thing that sticks in your memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, sweet. Well, speaking of, to go to the opposite end of the spectrum, away from uh, gentle and introductory and friendly, (laughs) all the way over to Worlds. So you went to Worlds this year.
3: I uh, heard you did pretty well. I did okay. Uh, I think I.
2: I, I did
0: okay. <laughs> okay. I'm like one of the ten best netrunner players in the world. I'm, I did. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not in my nature to brag. It's just
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we. That's why we're here. Yes? We're here to puff you up. We're your hype men. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Um. No. No. But you, you'd gone before. So, but did this year? Did this year feel feel any different
3: to you? So this year, hundred like a hundred percent. I feel. Like the skill level was increased, like not double, even like just triple. Like I felt like the skill cap this year, to to make the top ca- uh, top cut, was more so than previous years. And yeah. the reason why I felt that way, and for a lot of people, you know, I've been I've been really listening to people's opinions and saying like, oh, Worlds, like the meta is now the same again, and it's not, it wasn't diverse. I'm like, and I know you, you guys know, going to Worlds and playing in that in that, that eight rounds of Swiss, you did not know what was hitting you on the table as soon as you saw an identity. And I and I know this, because I was in the bottom tier at the beginning, like I lost, I got swept 0-2. Coming from the bottom, like you really don't know what kind of decks are hitting the table. Whereas like last year at Worlds, when I went, you pretty much knew if someone was slapping NEH on the table, they were playing fast row. There was nothing but just playing fast advanced version right. of that. And if they're slapping down Andromeda, you knew you're just gonna get siphoned and, R, and R&D interfaces are gonna hit the table. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Right? Yes. That's, that was like the difference, right? And now like when I went this year, um, I was really disappointed in my la- myself last year because when I went, I finished 38th out of like 238 people, I believe. Um, I played Noise and NEH, and, uh, and I was just, I, I wanted this year to be different, and I did a lot of practicing and prep and just like deck theory for myself just to kind of finally line up the decks I had I, played. And to be able to finish at the third seed in the eight rounds of Swiss, even that even caught me by off guard because of what had started in the beginning of the day for me.
0: Yeah. Well. So, speaking of, what did you actually? What did you bring on the day? Let's start. Let's start Corpse Side first.
3: Sure. Corpse Side. I just uh, I just played Fast Advance. I played Neh uh, NH- oh. Fast Advance. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, I actually was concerned because initially i was going to play some other crazy ones i was gonna play hb maybe food coats and i was just like all everywhere i do the same thing every year and a lot of people in toronto know about this so for anyone who doesn't know me i have this extremely bad habit where i will wake up at five in the morning the day of i'll sprawl six decks three corp and three runner on top of my bed and then just have a coffee and sit down and think about what decks i want to play Man <laughs> but that is uh, Timmy, uh, Timmy Wong, said basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I was in the hotel with him when he did that too. That was oh, the funny man, thing Really? Oh good. good. Because <laughs> <laughs> we um, I went down with uh, Joe shop. Um, and we were by Axles, and I want to get a drink, but then they are closed. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. And then Timmy, I just see Timmy standing there with his cars, and I see, like, test run and I see Fem, and I'm like, what are you, like, what are you doing, Timmy? He's like, oh, I'm just still trying to build this wizard deck. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, good luck with it. <laughs> give,
2: me, give me the one you're going to use tomorrow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, to me, it didn't catch me off surprise. Like, I know for a lot of people, they think about it, and they're like, man, that's crazy for you guys to do. Like, how, like, why would you do that? But I, emp- I empathize with him more than I, like, thought it was weird because i was doing the same exact thing
0: (laughs) well I i think i think part of it too is that it's not that crazy it's like if if you're so kind of simmered in the game your understanding of the fundamentals is just so rock solid that it's like okay well you can build your edifice on top of those fundamentals kind of no matter what it is and you'll still unless you're doing something like really off the wall you'll still have a pretty good sense of kind of what you need
3: to do yeah i found that um it was interesting. I learned this from last year going to Worlds, okay? And it was like the time that you spend in the Radisson and the time you spend actually at the side events and getting to know people is actually very important because then you get a good idea of like what. What the group think quote unquote is or what, what like the yeah. player base is feeling um, because I heard that last year is like the world's meta is different from like the, the your meta from home. So once you get there and really conversing with other people, you're just like man, like maybe I actually should play resistor because everyone's playing DRL VAL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool.
0: I, I kind of wish I'd done like a little bit slightly better surveillance because if I had I'd be like, oh, everyone has infinite meat damage protection this yeah. harpsichord kill deck not the
3: best setup? <laughs> yeah. Maybe
0: freelancer, I can just take this in. Yeah. <laughs> for a world, the world. So, so you said resistor. That's yeah. it's okay. So so you were still playing any age, still fast Advanced setup, but you apparently pulled in at least that from data and destiny.
3: Yeah. Well, to, to be quite uh, fair, like the list I had taken, it was um, it was from Kalimsha. And I looked at the list uh, from the Psy games when he um, had participated. We, we hosted a cast on StimHack. And I just very well looked at the list. I'm like, does does this list actually have some legs against a DLR Val? Or does this list have a, a legs against like DLR Leela, which is why I played the King of Servers? And I saw the ice composition. Like, I really like this ice composition. I really like the asset layout. I really like the upgrades. I actually think I w- would want to play this. And I had confidence in myself that uh, I would be able to play fast enough where they couldn't enforce their game plan. And also because HP hates me. I've played HP before and a lot of other regionals, and I've, I've always got five agendas, and I just can't do anything about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well, what were some of those big pulls from Data and Destiny into your NEH setup that really either did work or you were totally expecting that they would do work, and then on the day of, they actually didn't?
3: Um, so, definitely, it was um, Resistor, I said, as one. It, it actually it was a good card that even hurt um, Prepaid Kate was funny enough because they would look at the card and be like i can either use a lady counter or pay three to get through the trace like i, I really don't know so that caught them off guard a lot Our archangel was actually a great card for me it was archangel my idea in my head is if i don't have it it's great in r&d if they tried the multi-axis uh, pop something which i did because in one of the games what ended up happening was they went last click into r&d they touched um, this was pre-Paygate, they touched um, Archangel, but they only had two credits, so they weren't able to use Cyber Cipher to boost and break. Um, oh, yes. So I ended up bouncing Clone Chip back to the hand because Clot was in the bin.
0: Ah! Exactly. Ha ha, nice.
3: Yeah. And then, so, and then you
0: could do some astro shenanigans. Exactly. That turn. Oh man. Cool. So yeah. N- yeah, I guess now also don't run last click against NBN. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also great anti-legwork too. If like if you have that ice, I actually usually don't install it because it's great. I love when I see legwork because I I'm pretty good in terms of. When I need to score, and when I should be trying to push the game as fast as I can. So if I see a legwork hit the table, I'm like, great! I can like pop things back, which are pretty extensive, like Gordian blades. Or if it's against a uh, um, criminal like RDI's, like there's a lot of priority targets you want want to send back. There's uh, even one game where I kept bouncing. Um, uh, pancakes. I come by about just a chronotype. Back Ooh, to oh, hand.
2: Man. Those are some expensive pancakes. Exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and free. So it, I was pretty happy with my corp deck overall because I went 7 and 1 for the day. Mm-hmm, and nice. I ended up actually winning the Best in Faction Award, which I was really confused yeah.
1: about. <laughs> oh, that's
3: awesome. So is
0: that just like the highest placing NBN?
3: Yeah, so uh at the end of the day at the end of the eight rounds of swiss um what ends up happening is like um lucas and all of them look at all the factions and they look at who placed the highest in the swiss rounds and who's the best with it right mm-hmm. so um brandon hawk for example like he only lost one game of the day he won both awards for hb and for anarch uh, and um, got it i was super emotional on the day so i was just standing in the front and i was just like did i actually make the top cut And i was crying and, all, and I thought, oh, man. yeah, I was super emotional. It was a really emotional day for me. So as Lucas is announcing, I thought he's announcing the top uh, top 16. He he says my name's second, and uh, and I'm like uh, I'm like oh I think you missed Min. And he starts handing me these bag of tokens, and I'm like, what what are these for? <laughs> <laughs> did,
2: did I win? What
0: happened? Is it tomorrow? <laughs> What's going he ex- on?
3: The leg goes over the neck, the wreath <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
0: cool. Well, how about how about runner side?
3: Okay, so Runner is actually the deck that that I have been working on since um, Rochester Regionals. So it was um, Valencia, and a lot of people call it good stuff or Regas, Val, but it's basically inclusive of um, Wild Side, Adjusted Chronotype. Um, There's usually a lot of good Anarch stuff in there, but... It became an evolution. Like shout outs to Strundle, he was the one who posted this deckology on ERDB. It had Desperado, it had uh, Dirty Laundry, it had Parasites, it had uh, Datsuckers Clone Chips. It was basically just aggro run, get rid of all assets, had scrubbers. It was very um, aggressive and very efficient on the rig. Yeah, I had, I had a setup
0: like this at RBC Regional, which is which is the best I've ever done in a
3: in a high tier tournament. Oh, so yeah,
0: it's a, it's a good setup that I like a lot. <laughs>
3: yeah. So I ended up winning the Rochester Regionals and I ended up going to um Canadian Nationals. Well, uh, to see you guys and oh, actually, yeah. Uh, t- yep. Um I brought a, a Tinkered version of that deck which had imps inside of it too because at that time that's when butcher shop was really big in the meta. so yes, 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 yep. So I actually was able to stop Lawson from killing me uh playing Argus because he I went to tag me Pretty early, and then he started trying to dig for scorches, and I took one off R and D with medium digs, and I was like, "Oh my god!"
0: Um, oh, right, nice. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, but the thing was with that deck that I found was that I didn't like the fact that I couldn't get breakers when I needed it or when I wanted to be aggressive. Yeah, and it was a struggle against um, fast advance because fast advance was always the issue for that deck, which was going to be very predominant in worlds too. Sure. So. Once Data and Destiny came out, that's when I really sat down in Think Tank and started working with the decks. And I, I just thought of like, why do, why am I doing Desperado anymore? Because people are playing a lot of CBS now. Running into archives isn't as lucrative anymore. Like purging mm. off Breaker Bay is just like so easy. So that's when I decided that I should really I value Tutor more and I valued more deck slots. So by cutting the two copies of like Mimic, two copies of Kroder, uh, helped me a lot. And also having SMC on the board to threaten Clots against. Um, um, Neh, that's when I changed the console drastic, and I saw Turntable, and I was like, okay, I think this console has legs, and that was like the biggest thing having that inside that deck, which really it is a disruption deck, a control deck, and being able to play from behind and not worry. That was the biggest advantage of playing it.
2: Hmm, that's really interesting. Cool. Yeah, so I find that inter- no. sorry, I find that interesting about Turntable because we actually talked to Timmy Wong about this as well. Turntable as a console, and we actually asked for his sweetest Turntable. Play, play. And I was wondering if you had one to share as well, Dean.
3: Oh, yes. I, I had plenty. I turntabled a lot of things at the day of. Um, the biggest turntable that I did was probably when I was playing against, um, no, okay, I'll just say just the one, uh, Derek Billings. And he had two. He had an Astro. He had just rushed on an Astro. So then I started putting down the medium in the turntable, and I started running into R&D. And I found a 15 minutes and took the- <laughs> And took um, the Astro. Yep,
2: yep, so good. Um, um I will. Not, I you can have
3: that. I will have
0: that Astro. Yeah,
3: you can. You. <laughs> you can change over your R and D if you want. And then there was also, and it just kept happening, right? He kept because I left a naked Sans out on purpose. I was like, I really don't care because I'm just going to lock down R and D. You're going to run out of agendas in the hand anyways. So mm. he. He kept scoring agendas like Astro, and I'm like, okay, cool, Beal, cool, take that one instead. And going to RD. <laughs> Unreal. And, yeah. And it's it's such a great console because in a in a world now where the corps have great agendas and they crutch the agendas to kind of further the ending score, it makes different matchups such as like HP food coats, where GFI has to be the last score. And because it's the last score possible in in the game, it makes it gives you more opportunities to try to pluck it out of HQ or pluck it out of R and D. Uh, how so? Um, because think about it this way so if they score GFI early, mm-hmm. that makes it turntableable. If I, if I touch um, a Virtua or if I touch an ABT, then I can take it from you, right?
0: Oh, I see. If they score the GFI. Right.
3: Yeah, that's okay. right.
0: Right, 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 Because right. right. that's always the tricky part when you're playing against HP as the runner. It's like all of their agendas, they're just all worth two points. Isn't exactly. It? They're all
3: just that.
2: But if you can, uh, if you can grab the GFI from them, uh, right, so, uh. it, so so it actually makes the court uh, almost respect this console a little bit more. Yeah, because it's got to, like you're saying it 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 has to be the the seven point score. That's yeah, that's that's really cool. Interesting, Interesting. I like that.
3: Yeah, and then um the the most controversial card that apparently everyone's like continually talking about is uh, mem strips for uh, my deck. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> right, I also had a mem strips in the Valencia, which did plenty of well at my regionals. Sometimes okay. you just need three freaking memory.
3: Exactly right. Sometimes you need that memory, like I. Mean, sometimes you don't. Like if I'm playing against fast events, I really don't care. I I'll just chuck it. But um, there was there was one time in in round four I was playing against Nick Soto where I lost all my MU and I lost two turntables and I lost memberships and I was just like, okay, I have to Jimmy rig the the crap out of my rig. It was like right. <laughs> I had I had Yog Admin Five Data Sucker Mimic. That was my that was my rig because. Wow. Yet, because he had IQ, <laughs> so it's just uh, yeah. I don't know. Like mem to me, it sits in a very specific spot in the deck just because I just need MU. But I don't know. It, it I get it. Like you can play progenitor and everything else. Sometimes you just need that extra MU. But the one thing I can say as an achievement for myself, I mem stripped in top sixteen on stream, and uh, I've now been called the Canadian stripper. <laughs> oh
2: my god! <laughs> good. That's, uh, good. That,
0: that's Good. That's
3: good. Um, I mean, the one thing, and I know
0: you leverage this as well, um, people think Valencia only has one ID ability, but they actually have two. Valencia has two. One, she starts the game with one bad publicity. But two, it makes you make your opponent forget that an uh, APD contract takes one extra advancement counter to score.
2: Yes. Yeah, like they're not even aware of it. Correct. like, I score, oh I win. are like, no, God. you didn't. Like you were so I, close, I, dude. <laughs> yeah. can, I,
3: can I tell you that happened to me twice at Worlds? That twice happened. at Worlds? It happened Someone to me twice at Worlds yeah so (laughs) the first one was in round two and i just got off again swept by tim fowler and um, i'm playing against Derek, and this is his final score he's trying to go for like i took all the astral counters from him so he's at six points and i'm medium digging for eight and i don't see anything i'm just not seeing anything at all he off the sands end he biotics install advances three times and then moves the card over right I was trying to get into like a conversation with him, but like, okay, like that's fine. Like, you can leave it there. But he was telling me about like, how he can clot me. Like, he has CVS to so stop my clot. And I was like, okay. I didn't want to argue because I knew I was just on tilt. So I just walked away from it. But then I just started walking around the game center just the entire day. I'm, like, like, at that moment, I was like, man, like that can't be right. That doesn't feel right. I'm, like, am I still tilting? And I asked like several other players I didn't know, I'm, like, hey, you know, how much does it cost to score? So it was, like, it's it's four. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So at that moment, the round had just ended they're printing up the next round. So I ran to lucas litzinger and i'm like lucas like listen like i need you to fix this for me because this is not like uh he didn't my opponent didn't score correctly and he asked me like oh did your opponent talk to you did did you ask uh you know call over judge and I'm like you know i just didn't want to argue them i told him about it but i guess he thought i was thinking something differently and that's when lucas turned to me and says like okay you know i can't really change this, uh, the score but and uh, you know next time call a judge so i told him like can you just give me the opportunity to talk to talk to Derek just to let him know because I, I just feel bad like I don't want him to do this mistake again so I went over and I walked to Derek Billings and I finally found him like hey just so you know like you didn't score correctly and I just kind of accepted my fate at that point but that's when Derek turned to me and said like you know you're right I'm gonna go find Lucas let's change it right now and I'm like whoa like No uh, oh, man yeah oh, there we have it oh well, good on you so him he actually found lucas pulled him over and lucas was even interrogating him was like hey, are you sure like you couldn't win like are you sure like there's no other way and he's like yes you know like there's no way he's gonna uh, i was gonna get out of it you know i i had no agendas and had except A- napd and gfi and i wouldn't be able to get out of it so lucas ended up actually changing the turnover to my favor oh so, wow holy so, hardcore
0: i mean only because your opponent agreed of course like yeah I, t- 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 tinkering with the results from afar you and you and Derek will talk. It's like, no, this is the thing that actually made the most sense.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And crazy. That taught me a lesson. That taught me a lesson that was uh, being Canadian, being nice, actually helps. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: when will the rest of the world learn?
3: <laughs> yeah. And then in the final game, that was like um, in round eight when I was playing against Gregor, who's actually from Ottawa. Um, oh, he, crazy! Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so I was playing against him, and it was the same thing again. I was going through the same motion. I was like, medium dig for four, nothing. Okay, cool. He had six credits. He biotics onto Sansan. San. With two credits, he advanced, advances and then moved the counter over from Astro. Okay. And he's like, good game. And he flips putting over him, an AP. Putting him at
2: four, at four
0: advancement counters.
3: Put three, advancement, uh, three, three advancements. Three advancements, and then
0: the one less from the Sansan. San.
3: Yep. Yeah, so... And then he thought, oh, I I win, and I'm like, no, you need one more advancement, I'm Valencia. Valencia." And then he had no more money, he had one more click, uh, and he had one more, like, just to do whatever, and he just, at that point, reached over and shook my hand because he couldn't defend it. I mean, if you defend him (laughs) with a pop-up window, great, sure. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Wow. So, like, it was actually both, like, super similar plays, the Biotic final NAPD. (laughs) Man.
0: Yep, that's, that's Valencia's other second power. Yeah, to, yep. to bone it's...
2: defensive uh, agendas. Yep, it's really good. <laughs> yep. That's one specifically.
3: What was, was anyone scrubbing bad pub in, at Worlds that you saw, Dean? Um, I didn't see anyone scrub bad pub. You know what I did see, actually? I did see All sing Eyes. Yep.
2: Um, Which Valencia also defends against. Yep. So she <laughs> yeah. has three abilities. That's true.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I didn't see... I, um, I didn't even like um, the top whalen which is Ran uh, Rancow uh, which is CR Fluency on Stim Hacks she, she didn't play any scrubbing like no Elizabeth knows to scrub Bad Pubs so I thought that was interesting too
2: crazy now huh I guess uh, I guess you just you just stick with it I guess if you have I Bad Pubs you're like I know I'm bad I know it <laughs> I'm not going to redeem myself because the game's too too short
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh cool were there were there any other like on the actual day or maybe on the in the next day the elimination day was there anything that was like really super surprising or memorable like 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 did
2: your single archer come into play anyway <laughs> surprising oh, that's true
3: that's true. My archer did come into play in the Swiss rounds because what ended up happening was um my opponent was trying to siphon siphon lock me and i needed to sacrifice the 15 minutes so that the the faust like when you see archer as faust you just kind of crap your pants you're like oh god that's like six cards in my hand i can't afford that right now yeah right right so it's actually the reason that's the reason why i kept in the deck otherwise i would have been happy to put Itchy 1.0 or put in like a architect yeah um, but otherwise on day 2 i the lack of sleep for the entire week cuz i was just so antsy and so out of it i was like 3 4 hours um Oof. i had an extremely tight game with dave which was on stream uh where it came down to caprice games which i'm very happy about by the way i know a lot of people complain about like oh like the game's kind of broken because caprice so, like i think the game is great to have caprice because if if you if i lose lose through caprice i'm happier losing that than losing by a landslide than getting astro trained out of the game That's yeah, yeah. yeah 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 um the second game I, when i played against another Canadian. Um, I felt bad because he was playing noise and I literally spent 7 credits that entire game to win out because he kept
1: oh, I man. scored the first wow. Yeah. because
3: wow. <laughs> I'll give you the turn structure so my hand is breaking news, astro NAPD, um, wraparound and pad campaign, okay draw for turn and I get like um, a quandary and I'm like okay whatever so I install the wraparound oh no so I had hedge one instead of quandary I install the wraparound, uh, uh, draw card install astro and then hedge one he does noise stuff, doesn't check my, my HQ. I draw um, a Beal, and I'm like, okay, I actually will lose off this if I ke- keep the game going. So then I just quandary on HQ, put a, put a pack campaign out, and, and whatever. I score the... and uh, I get a credit. So I'm at 10 credits. I score the NAPD, so I, I use three credits there. He mills a bunch of stuff.
0: Score the Astro, <laughs> you mean.
3: Yeah, score the Astro. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going a lot in the story. Um, <laughs> he, As he mills, the next card I draw is an Astro. Oh, my God so I score that he Mills he runs d touches a Beal calls it a day the next card I draw is another Astro oh my God <laughs> and I'm just like, are you serious like this is this is super rude like I don't know what I'm doing right now true, true. <laughs> yeah so literally I'm sitting right beside like Dan D'Argenio and Lucas Lee I stood up in in like three four minutes and now I'm watching their game because that's Man. how. It's, that's no, the way the game was.
0: Sometimes R&D gives it up, and then sometimes R&D gives you exactly what you want. <laughs>
3: yeah, Yeah. no joke.
0: Crazy. Well, that's awesome. Um, any other like final thoughts on Worlds or the event or where the game's at right
3: now? So for me, I think Worlds is is definitely an experience that everyone should, who's really into Netrunner or loves Netrunner should definitely attend to. It's probably it. that.
0: Or yeah. any of other, I mean, I don't know why they would be listening to this podcast.
3: But yeah.
0: Any of FFG's other competitive games, I strongly suspect the X Wing and Conquest and Imperial Assault people all also had a similarly
2: excellent time.
3: Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is, like, um, when it comes to worlds, not just for Netrunner, it's just across, like, all the communities. Everyone's there just for a good time. And I've been to a lot of LAN events, I've been into a lot of, like, competitive Counter Strike and Dota events. And yes, great, yes, community's there and people are nice there, but there's a lot of cutthroatness at the top tables, like, there's a lot of these cliches where the top competitive players only want to talk to the competitive players, they, they won't talk to, like, the lower team play, tier, tier players or they'll talk to you in a different tone, right? Yeah, I never,
2: the little kid gloves or something.
3: Yeah, exactly, so I never felt that last year, like, last year when I went, I met up with, uh, with uh, Spags, Scott, and he just immediately introduced me to the community, like, I was very timid, I didn't know who to talk to and who to hang out with, and just like, yeah, just come to the hot tub with us Like we'll just hang out and just, you know, have a drink, right? And the one thing is that people need to understand: if you're going to this kind of event, go and play competitive. Do it for that, yes, great. But after the fact, go mingle, go hang out in, in you know in the hotel, and just talk to everyone. Like everyone's like yeah. running cubes, everyone's playing like *Fury of Dracula*. It's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just such a hilarious time. So if you're asking for a weekend where you can just decompress and work and forget all about that, and just meet up with really super cool people, and just play board games and just be humans, I think Worlds is definitely one of those experiences. Especially also too. The Radisson is extremely cheap. One on one a night—that's that's that's a great deal. Yeah, <laughs> wow.
0: it's almost like it's in an industrial park in the suburb of a midwestern city. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why it is that way.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And um, yeah, I mean, for anyone who's aspiring to become a better netrunner player, um, I mean, just even come out to it, just just to watch the games and listen to people give you advice, because this is one of those great times that you just can't replace it with anything else. Like, I've, I've, met, I've met so many good friends through Netrunner now that um, it's one of the reasons why I keep Facebook up. I don't use Facebook for anything else now besides, like, Netrunner and talking to my girlfriend, pretty much.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I also had a really good time. Like, even if you don't, you know, end up, like, in the top 30 or whatever, it's like, you're still going to have some amazing games with some amazing people, and you'll have a, have a great time. Yeah. My, actually, I gotta tell this I gotta find a venue to tell this story somewhere So I'm just gonna do it here <laughs> uh, My last game was against uh, Tim Bunn, who's part of Team Covenant So that was fun, obviously oh, he's great. a peach um, uh, The first round He was playing NEH, zoom zoom, super quick Fast events. and I was playing Wizard uh, And I pulled one of the Scuzziest moves I've never Maybe ever pulled, because Keith Mentioned it, I'm like, oh that's a good idea So I had Faust, I would clot in my hand no, like No SMCs on the table No chips on the table Kim thinks he's safe. He goes, uh, "Biotic." Install advance, advance. I go, uh, "Hang on. I would like—no, to... I did have a clone chip on the table, but I didn't have. But the clot wasn't in the bin because it was in my—it was in my grip. Right. So I go, "I would like to increase the strength of Faust by two. I will do that by discarding this card. This card is the clot. <laughs> That's so I will scummy. install a clot." He goes, oh. "Yes. Fair enough, I guess." <laughs> and then later in that same game, he had built up like a, like a good, you know, iced. Remote, which you don't want to do in any age, but he's like, Well, you do what you got to do. And he was, on, he was on six points, five or six points, and I was also on five or six. So it was like, Whoever can snag another agenda wins, He installs something in there. I'm like, Tim, what is that? He's like, It's the deal. I'm like, Is it? <laughs> is it? Is that not just another pad campaign? Because I trashed a lot of those. I don't want to see another pad campaign. So I do it, and it's like, uh, He installed a new outermost piece of IC Resident in Ichi. And I'm like, breaking Ichi with Faust it? just sucks. <laughs> I'm like, painful. I was looking, I'm like, oh, God, there's no way I think I can get around. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And I'm like, this is really gross. This is, ugh. And he goes, no, 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 it's good. I'm like, it's gross. He's like, yeah, but it's good. I'm like, okay, well, trash it. So he trashes everything I got, but I still have a clone chip on the table. So I clone chip back the Faust he just trashed, <laughs> just empty out the rest of my hand, get in, and it was the Beal.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. And I was
0: like, well done, sir, well done. So wow. you just get to have, like, random, amazing, super, like, I'm never going to forget that game. Garbage can wizard, that's so... Bad. Yeah, it was filthy. <laughs> it was kind of like, mm. I was like,
2: will take it. I'll take
0: what I can get. Uh-huh. And then and then on the other side, he thrashed me with, I don't even remember what.
2: Something good. I- Probably another anarch. I, I, I gotta say, it would be really great. Like, you know how, like, uh, a lot of sporting events have the highlights, have the plays of the plays of the... Like, it'd be great if we actually kind of <laughs> brought all these great, like, those crazy turntable plays and these crazy wizard garbage plays. Yeah. And just had some place where you could, like, just run a simulation and just see how it unfolds
0: or something. Yeah. That's always the stuff that's the most exciting to me. It's like, you know, obviously some people play really great games. It's like, but, you know, kind of when you see someone win with a food coach deck where they get a lot of money and they build a bigger moat and then they score out of it it's like i kind of know how that's gonna go <laughs> yeah. but when it's like this one really random weird exciting play, it's like those are the moments that you really really remember on top of just all your generally really good games you're gonna be playing otherwise
3: yeah 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 and i agree like those are like the best stories to come back with right like yeah. that's why you enjoy never so much like it's when you got a jimmy rig. All your stuff together, based on what you just got, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna break in the server and and somehow hope to win. Question? Yeah, Those are the best <laughs> games. Whereas we're just like, I just scored seven points and you milled everything to my satisfaction.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> basically that. <laughs> well, cool. All right. Well, with these two interviews together, back to back, this probably end up being a super long episode, so we better wrap it up here. Um, but Dean, if people want to find you, if people want to talk to you, how should they do that?
3: Uh, there's a few ways so you can find me on StimHack uh, with the name D1EN I contribute on there from time to time I also do plan to stream again so if you want to find me you can find me on twitch.tv slash D1EN and you can stream Netrunner like or
0: Jinteki or something Jinteki.net yeah
3: awesome the final way you can find me is you can find me on Facebook name is Dean Tai Lee with L-Y you can find me on there or on the Toronto Netrunner group called Torsog City Grid so TORSOG yeah which one's yeah, the song? Saginaw? No, it's uh, Mississauga. Mississauga. Oh, yeah. there, you go, yeah. there you go. That's yeah. pretty
2: good. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: good. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you both. Like of course, I love your show. Thank you so much so. for
2: coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yep. Yeah. All right, well,
0: we say the things that we do Yep. At the end of this podcast. As always, the, unfortunately, our, because we had to do all these crazy remote guest things. Uh, again, if the quality was a little bit rougher, especially because we're recording in my. Echoey shit home office I apologize for the sound quality It is no reflection upon the folks who normally Help us out making this podcast sound very nice Don't get us to do your weddings, get those guys to Correct sound at your weddings. <laughs> um, But We do have to thank, of course, Mr. Ed Harrison Once again for letting us use his track 10 Soldiers from the Neo-Tokyo OST If you want it, and you should Because you just should That's at edharrison.bandcamp.com The way it's going to go is I just say, I'm Nels Anderson. Jesse says, I'm Jesse Turner. You say, and I'm Timmy Wong. And then I come back with, and welcome to Terminal 7. Then I splice in the music. And then we actually start talking. Like we always do on the cast with a guest, it'll just be, I'm Nels Anderson. I'm Jesse Turner. And I'm Gene Tran.
3: <laughs> that sounds like me. Wow. I'm, I, yeah, exactly.
2: I, yeah, no, spot on. Actually, we actually don't even need you. I'm just going to use Nels to... The whole, for the
3: <laughs> I just have to verify that it sounds like me. That's all. Or yeah, I, I then, would say thank that. you very
0: much. Yeah. Um, yes, we will I talk know. to you later. <laughs> <laughs>